What's up, people? This is episode 69 with the gentleman, use that term loosely, from the U.S. Open. Um, John Demmer, Marcus Cooley, Chris Garcia. This is good stuff. It was a great episode. A um, couple of quick announcements. Maybe not so quick. One, seminar, Phoenix, Arizona, coming this spring. Check out BarrelProject.com for that. December, another seminar coming Texas Archery, Scott Booth, down there in Texas. Both are expected to be filled quickly with and very large Joad programs. Um, so between coaches and parents, if you plan to um, take a seminar, you should probably consider signing up quickly. Um, I'm also doing a abbreviated online version. The stuff that's online friendly, but like there's a lot like the shooting drills and stuff. It really needs to be in person. But I'm doing a, an abbreviated like an eight hour, two two days, four hours a piece in November. Check that out. Sign up for it there. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's it. Shout out to First Flight Archery. We're wearing the gear today. All right, we'll see you guys later. Have a wonderful start of hunting season for everybody out there. I think then um, anybody I can put a name to to promote our sport the archer who owns all the world records, John Demmer III. You know, the more difficult a thing is, the more important the mental game becomes. I, I didn't eat any supper yet either. How about you guys? Do you guys eat yet? I didn't eat Oh, that. you know, uh, I, I have some crunch berries. Oh, yeah. Grayson Parlo. It's like me taking three or four years off your eyes just because I weakened that prescription in the shooting eye. And don't put everything into my shot that I should. That I get a lot of drop on those heavy arrows. It's dropping all the way down. He said, well, you might want to think about going to a lighter arrow in the spring water. And then that's what got that started. So. What the hell is that, that supposed to be? What the hell is that, that supposed to be? That beautiful mouse. A mouse. That's a mouse? mouse? That's a mouse? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. That's going to catch me a nice brown. Let's put that thing back up there so all the people so we're live right now so they can all see that. Is that a is that a, a JD3 handmade mouse? Yes. Know what that is? Yes. There's no yep. nose tape on it. It's not his. <laughs> <laughs> There's no nose tape on it. It can't be his. That's funny. Well, uh, I'm going to let this live feed build up a little bit, but we are live on YouTube, everyone. Um, I'm going to also click this link, and I'm going to go share it on Facebook while we're BSing here. Are, are we waiting? How many members are we waiting for before we start? Because I want to know how much time we have to wait. <laughs> we're going to wait till two. Because <laughs> it's YouTube, and we don't have as many followers on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We might, it might surprise us. Here, wait, let me quick switch screens and see what we got. Um, there's two watching right now within the first minute. Amazing. Um, I know. Two people We're moving up in the world, boys. Like us. <laughs> we got special followers on Instagram. We're moving up in the world. Um, I'm going to share this this live feed to uh, to the Facebook group. Demmer, we got it. We're going to move swiftly with this one, everyone. Demmer's got fishing to do tonight. We don't want to interrupt all his priorities on his birthday. Uh, how old are you today? Like, yeah, happy birthday, buddy. 48, I think. Is that right behind the Aka? 17. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be my guess. <laughs> yeah, acts like he's 17. That's, that's, 17. that's about right. Um, hold on a second. We... I'm going to have very shifty eyes, by the way. So I'm in a parking lot. I'm going to make sure nobody's going to murder me. <laughs> For the record, Everybody's this is the... Going, is that guy going to murder me? Second <laughs> podcast that Demmer has recorded in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> well, he's not in a Seems Walmart. Seems to work out. Both yeah. of them were just got done fishing, and then this one's I got done fishing, and I'm going right back to fishing. <laughs> 
you got some you have some some issues buddy you got issues so besides it being john's birthday happy birthday john um it is unfortunately uh the anniversary of 9-11 so and we talked about this a little bit before guys marcus where were you at on 9-11-2001 i know it was it was just a normal day for us at the house uh i'm i'm out here in uh, henderson nevada and um i remember the whole house my sister-in-law was living with us at the time and you know the house is just getting ready like we're getting ready to go to work kids are getting ready to go to school and my sister-in-law came out and was like you guys need to get turn on the tv and we're like what like why like we don't watch tv in the morning yeah and uh yeah that was the the eye opener i mean fresh out because i mean obviously we're west coast so a little bit time difference and uh you know yeah it was uh that was a hell of a day yeah it was i guess it would have been kind of early morning for you guys um JD3, how about you? What were you doing on 9-11? Yeah. Uh, I had a day off of work. I don't want to make jokes about it, but aren't you off every day? No. <laughs> I worked today. <laughs> You're working on fishing? Put in three quarters of a day today. I put in three quarters of a day today so I can fish in the afternoon. <laughs> well, that's but good. no, I just had the day off. I had, I just had the day off, woke up a little bit later because uh, the wife and I were going to do something and, you know, yeah, that happened. So, yeah, it's, it's weird how everybody gets notified or sees, sees parts of it their own way. And, you know, Chris, how about yourself, my man? Yeah, I was, I was still asleep pretty much when it happened and woke up and walked past the TV and thought it was some movie on there and realized it was, uh, real life and uh yeah pretty much right there yeah it was very surreal for sure i was mm-hmm. it was a weird time for for myself just because that was the year that my my dad had died like a few days before that so his funeral was the day, next day it was nine twelve, and so it was, it was already surreal like life but sitting at the firehouse watch i think the first one hit my mom called and <laughs> was like you need to turn the tv on kind of like what happened to you marcus like you need to turn the tv on you need to you need to see this and then um i immediately went to the firehouse and just like one by one like people were nobody called anybody just guys started showing up at the firehouse and we lowered the flag to half staff right after the first one collapsed and um just remember sitting there watching on tv just in disbelief you know so for those of you who, who are affected by it in a more direct way um, and, and everybody in the country, emergency responders across the board, just, just a, sh- a shout out and um, you know, some prayers and some, some just sending some love everyone's way from us. I know it's out of characteristic for our normal conversation, but it's hard to record a live podcast on this day. I mean, I have my class A uniform over my shoulder and you know it's one of those things that's always it's always with me so it's regardless of of how what it means to everybody it means something to me and it's going to get mentioned on this on this podcast but with that being said we're done with the serious stuff now it's time to get to the fun stuff gentlemen you are our top three from the 2022 u.s open here in pennsylvania congratulations um i guess we'll we already know about JD three um, and all of his stuff, but we'll get into the matches sooner or later. Guys, give us the details. I mean, we kind of talked about it, but who you are, where you're from, who you shoot, what you're, who you're shooting for, the people who take care of you and sponsor you, um, and all that good stuff. And and we'll get into kind of like how you guys prepared for this event and what brought you to PA. Chris, so let's start with you since you are. Uh, our gold medal winner. Um, give us the details, my guy. Yeah, name's uh, Chris Garcia. Um, I live in uh, California, Central Coast, in Los Osos, and uh, I shoot for Central Coast Archery. These guys here, uh, it's a local shop. Um, they got me pretty much hooked up on everything. You know, I shoot a Hoyt. Um, they got me that through a dealer staff shooter program. And um, the Easton rep got me with Easton. So those are kind of the two biggies there, or three biggies, really. Um, 
Should I just run down my bow or? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Run down your equipment for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I shoot a Hoytic Steed, um, long Velos lens that's 46 pounds. I shoot a AE Res, uh, Free Flight Elite, and a Biter Plunger. And I shoot a, a Fairweather, Bare Bear, Bear Tab. Gotcha. Excellent. Easton, Easton uh, Pro Comps. Okay, the Pro Comps. Uh, what's, what's fine? 660s. You hear that, everybody? 660s. How many pounds wow. are you shooting again? 46. Wow, 46. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, though, John, just because <laughs> of the conversation we had at Nationals, you know, yeah. about well, different I, people's I, different spines and stuff I, like that. Like, I think it's, I think it's just the X10 crap because uh <laughs> when i my my pro comps my pro comps tuned great at seven tens yeah and shooting 42 43 pounds right That's i got funny. mine kept pretty short i mean they're i think they're right at or just under 28 inches throughout the carbon um and i'm shooting you know 130 grain points in them so that could be stiffening them up slightly and yeah hmm after tuning, that's that's what worked for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what you got to go with for sure. Um, it does definitely change from from shooter to shooter. Wanted to ask you, what's your approximate draw length, Chris? Um, oh man, I don't think I've ever really measured it on a recurve uh, yeah, compound. I'm like twenty seven three quarters. Okay. I bet with recurve, I'm probably right around 28 and an eighth. I'm probably just over 28. Yeah, I, I imagine your arrows probably cut back pretty far then too, close to the riser. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's so... Yeah, this is the, kind of the, the shortest arrow I've shot bare bow, so... Yeah, yeah, the 660, the higher poundage, the shorter arrow, shorter draw length, it all definitely makes sense, so... All right, man, we'll come back to you to talk about your preparation for this tournament. Mark, let, Marcus, let's run down your equipment. Uh, you got to give Calvin a shout out. So let's go. <laughs> you know, Calvin's the man. Come on. Him and Dwayne. Yeah, I do shoot the CD. Absolutely. They, uh, you know, uh, I, I the first time I shot it, I just, I loved it. I have access to a bunch of different bows. And because um, I, I do work at a shop here in Vegas, uh, it's Aces and Arrows. Um, okay. uh, Demer's been out here. He knows the shop. It's, uh, it's, it's the shop that's shooting come out here for the vegas tournament for sure um but yeah the cd riser shooting the 25 just for me it fits like everything about it just rings true for me when i shoot it so um i uh shooting the velos limbs 42 pound longs um i've got it dialed in usually somewhere right around 42 pounds on the fingers um shooting x10s 550s uh cut down quite a bit shooting uh, there's hundred grain tips up front that I cut off the maximum off the front of them and even had to start trimming down on the backside, um, uh, excess wings, uh, biter knocks on them, shooting the Yoast tab. Absolutely love the Yoast tab. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the gist of it. That's the gist know? of it. All you right. Know, right around stuff. 28, 28 inch straw length. So give or take, you know maybe a 16th of an inch, depending upon how strong you're feeling that day, you know? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Thank you. Um, John, I know I said we weren't going to run down your equipment because I think we all know what you're shooting, but why don't you run down the equipment you use for the open and for, for that, for that weekend? Um, and do you, it's up to you. Do you want to talk about your, a little bit about how you're feeling about the X, the uh, XD? the moment you know just just a quick comparison between the epic and the xd just the riser um yeah sure uh i shot the 25 epic uh it's uh hoyt's old ilfo um riser uh shot the velos uh 38 pound velos limbs got it cranked up to about 42 on the fingers uh shot the nano pro extreme 700 with 120 grain points up front uh, arrow overall length was about mm, pushing 30 inches from knock to end of the point. Um, yeah, ghost tab, uh, sniper drop away rest. 
Uh, fighter Knox, Jaeger uh, Grip, BCY Strings, and uh, a lot of Santo Armano love. He just owes me five bucks now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you've had a chance here in the last. Santo, that's ten dollars. <laughs> oh, jeez. Santo's paying people off. Inside, inside, inside uh, joke. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Well, hopefully it's it's has something to do with making up for that horrible picture that Paul Helms posted on your Facebook page and wish you a happy <laughs> birthday. Um anyway, yeah, yeah, shooting, shooting, shooting the X yeah, shooting that right now for a little bit, testing it with the Velo Slims. So far, like it pretty good. I think I like it a little bit more than the uh the XI, which is what I shot the previous year, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. that's it yeah good stuff all right so let's get into kind of preparation there's my dog thanks chloe <laughs> go lay down she's she's my partner she's like a 14 year old has no idea what's going on in labrador she just walks through the house anyway um so let's get into preparation john i know see that now she's asking to go out you see this okay go. <laughs> Don't come back. Guaranteed. She, guaranteed. She comes through that she's, door. she's just making sure you're safe. Yeah, I know. Um, so preparation wise, John, I know you didn't shoot much this year. Um, as far as competitions go, what did you do? So if you're somebody, because there's probably a lot of people out there that have a similar situation where they don't have access to competitions. They're not going to travel all over the country. Um, you know, what did your typical preparation look like? You don't have to go crazy detail. Just give us the general gist of what were you doing to get ready at this point, you know, for this year? Cause I know it wasn't quite the volume that you normally put in. Yeah. Uh, performance was on a little, uh, for sure. And, and I'll blame that on just lack of tournament, uh, shooting, even just small shoots at like your shop or Lancaster or Pendel. Yeah. Um, Typically, I, I do shoot a couple of those. So equipment wasn't really 50-meter tested. Like some of the finer details, you know, I found out during the shoot that just weren't quite right yet. Um, the only things I ever shot uh, this summer, I think I shot uh, NFAA target or field nationals. Um, an ETAR. An ETAR. <laughs> an ETAR. <laughs> and I shot an ETAR. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so – for the most part, it was just practice in the backyard. Uh, started out basically a month ahead, um, light practice for the first week, and then ramped it up pretty hard for two weeks. Um, just volume, just getting volume in, not worrying about score, and then shot for a score like the last week and a half prior to, maybe two weeks prior to. Um, so I would say the first first week back, I shot – twice a week, three times a week, but only like 30 arrows a day. Then it ramped up pretty quick um, to the point where it was like maybe 150 arrows a day for a few weeks, shooting like ends of like 12 and 18 just to, to build up the strength. Um, it kind of, it, it's not the way to do it if you want to be at the peak of your game, um, but it, it's a way to do it to get you into the game. Um, just because, you know, the first three weeks or so, you're not, you're just building up strength. You're not actually uh, developing your form or fine-tuning your form yet. Um, but once you get your strength up, then your form starts coming into play. So, you know, it's it's one of those where the first two, three weeks, I don't even bother tuning, just shoot. Um, shoot an arrow that shoots halfway decent so you're not getting contact and ripping veins and whatnot. But then once you get the strength up, then you can start working on your tuning and your form. So, yeah, it's one way to do it to get you in the game it's not the the way to get you in the peak performance of the game i would have started like a month maybe two months earlier than what i did um but or shot more tournaments that would have made a difference yeah i had other stuff i had other stuff going on that i wanted to do so yeah you're at that point in your career you do what you want when you want it's not gonna it's no big deal um yeah man that's all right though but it gives i think it gives other people an idea that tournament callus still has an effect even on the guys that have more experience than than most and 
year after year, it still has an effect. You can shoot all tournaments in the world, but just having that little bit of extra time on the line with the clock running and people around you on a tournament line still has a positive effect when you are preparing for something like the open and national stuff like that. So yeah. Cause like stuff in the, in the backyard, you can never shoot the same nerves that you shoot at a shoot. Yeah. So whatever you have tuned at the, at, at the house or shop or whatever, you can have a tune perfect. You could be tuned perfect. But the moment you get a little bit of pressure, that tune is no longer perfectly tuned. Now you have to almost have to readjust something um, to fit that little bit of extra nerves, that little bit of lost feeling um, because you are nervous, because the arrows mean a little bit more. Um, no matter how much we try to um, minimize the, the worth of each arrow um, at a tournament, it's, it's still worth something. So you're still going to be a little bit different. Um, and that's stuff that you easily see in the shoot, shoot downs. Uh, anything that's, you know, videoed and whatnot, you can you can see no matter how much we want to say that arrow doesn't mean anything, just shoot or shot. It still means something and it still affects us a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Marcus, I think uh, let's, let's talk about your kind of your season. Cause dude, you put on some miles this year. Um, you were all over the place. You sat events field. You did a link a little bit of everything. Did you, you didn't do 3d world trials though. Did you, you didn't do that. 3D is one of those games that the, the wife and I, uh, uh, we talk about getting into 3D. People tell us, hey, you guys need to try this. And yeah. man, we, we go from shooting indoor to as soon as um, Vegas is over, uh, because we usually shoot like um, uh, Chula Vista for indoor nationals. So we're, we're on the front end of, of indoor nationals soon as vegas is over our minds switch to outdoor and we start you know going out and shooting outdoor we live in the desert dude we you know they, you know if it's 50 60 degrees outside man we're out there shooting yeah. um and then we're we're prepping that and prepping for field always kind of playing with both um until whatever first tournament pops up because you know stuff happens but uh you know the fact that they opened up the the u stats this year for barebow was amazing um we got to go shoot arizona cup um i think that's the first time i actually officially met chris was at arizona cup um and he was on fire that week and uh that was it was a pretty good showing for me um i think i took fourth in that one um then we did uh field nationals up in yankton and uh didn't perform the well i the way i should have there but uh, came right back and uh, met up with Chris again over at SoCal and was able to pull that one out on my own. So, and then, uh, you know, just a couple of like little virtuals that we host here <laughs> at the club. Um, and then it was on the nationals. So that's pretty much the outdoor season for me. Yeah. Well, almost. It's almost what, over. I got what, one more to do. <laughs> what's your home training look like though? I mean, are you, how often are you shooting in between? Because, like I said, you you, you shot a couple of USATs. You were in, um, you shot uh, SoCal, right? You shoot that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I ended up winning SoCal that yeah. this year, so yeah, yeah. So you got yeah, for, for me. Usually, my shot schedule it it really depends on on focus and and what's going on with work. Um, when COVID hit a couple of years or prior to COVID hitting. Um, my my schedule was was not my own it was i was gone a lot i was on uh, even when i was in town i was working so much that i wasn't around i wasn't able to shoot very often so my training then was really sporadic um when i started working here at the shop i thought well now i get to shoot all the time and frank i'm sure you know once you start you know working at a shop or owning a shop it's like <laughs> seriously how often do you get to shoot you know what i mean like uh, yeah that's a dude that's a whole other podcast we'll have that i know i know like, but i'm saying yeah. like you know so you're right like coaching seven days a week now yeah. and so um when amy makes it a priority for us to go out and shoot that's when i get to go shoot nice and usually it's like uh leading up to nationals um let's say at most i would shoot maybe three days a week and it's in those days we're going out for like maybe two hours 
you know, maybe getting in 60, 70, 80 arrows, something like that. Um, and, and then right back into normal routine. And then hopefully I get another shot in between that, but that's usually, that's it. Maybe yeah. two, three days at the most. Good. That uh, it's two, three days is, is a good amount for someone who's doing it. And you're, I will tell you, I've dialed back on a lot uh, intentionally because my first year that I really got competitive, I shot four or five days a week and that was on top of coaching. And that was, that is really loud. Um, I'm muting it. <laughs> See, <laughs> he, he, I just muted him. You can unmute yourself then John. Um, and it's, it's, it actually stresses you out when you have to coach that much and you're, you're yeah. working with so many people and then you, the shop duties, you know, people need their stuff. You got to get it to them. Yep. And then you're like, man, I really want to go shoot. But you're like, oh, I really need to do it. It's kind of like being at home when you know, you got stuff to do at home yeah. and shoot. And you're like, I really should go work on this, but I really want to go practice or I need to go practice. You know what I mean? But yeah, mm -hmm. but dude, I completely get it. And I didn't, I don't know if I realized you worked at, uh, at the shop and yeah, I it's only been about, coached. the I didn't know last you year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much, that's all I do is coach. Yeah. You know, they, you know, I stay busy with enough clientele that when I'm in here, I'm booked, you know, for an eight hour shift, I'll, I'll do seven or eight lessons a day. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And then on my off days, I, I coach outdoors. So, you know, people that want to learn how to go shoot 50 meters. I'm up in the mountain and whatever, teach them awesome. whatever they got to do. So happy to hear yeah. that there's other shops out that there's shops out there that are doing that well. And I, I was talking to uh, Scott Booth down in uh, Texas Archery today. I was talking to Nate Wallace. They, I guess it's Archery World up there in North, the Pacific Northwest. Like, and they're all, they're, they're just, uh, Joe Kashirk I was talking to today too from down in Texas. Yeah. He was like, you know, they're just, they're, they're, there's these places. There's just old, there's keep producing barebow archers like crazy. And it's awesome. So anyways, yeah. thanks man. Uh, Chris, Mr. Garcia, tell us about your, uh, tell us about your, your kind of your prep going into the open. Uh, prep was more of a, kind of cleaning up disasters is really what it ended up being. Um, yeah, it, after I shot 3D Nationals up in Reading, um, things started to fall apart for me shot-wise, and um, it kind of followed through in the SoCal Showdown. And um, so after that, I really kind of dedicated some time to try and sort it out and clean it out. Um, you know, I shoot daily, so it's, not a lot, but I usually shoot 70 to 150 arrows at an well, indoor quite range a bit. daily. That's quite a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, I wish I could shoot more. If it was up to me, I'd be shooting two, 300 arrows a day and 500 on the weekends. So it's just, it's, yeah, not enough hours in the day. No. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, just trying to clean clean my shot up get it back to where you know i can be confident in it and shoot decent enough and yeah it was just a lot of that a lot of you know form check and mental yeah. check and just everything i'm curious yeah. so uh, you said you were having some issues that's a heck of a turnaround my guy so you you were having issues in the beginning of the outdoor season what did you do to to combat that and get that confidence back so that those issues were no longer um i would say prevalent always you know you kind of suppress them you get rid of them it's hard to get rid of every issue 100 percent all the time but you know can you right. can you kind of run us through how you did that yeah you kind of um I mean, my first step is always diagnose what's actually going wrong, whether I'm, you know, coming off my fingers wrong, I'm, you know, postures off or, you know, even all the way down to balance on my feet, you know, it's just kind of breaking it down, figuring out where the problems are. And then from there, you got to, I don't know, I kind of work back from there because usually it all stems from one issue. 
one issue kind of snowballs and chain reaction and then everything kind of falls apart um so that was kind of the first thing was just diagnosing what my issues were and then um yeah just basically restructuring my shot from the ground up um it was you know even in in the finals match you saw it is you know throwing the bow arm or his bow hand actually wasn't so much the arm um all the way to you know getting my release arm my elbow getting completely behind um things like that but all of that uh, also kind of a little bit of um my sight picture you know that's once your sight picture starts moving everywhere then your mental state just kind of goes into panic and yeah and then you just start rip letting things fly and hope for the best um but it did it, it ended up stemming from balance on my feet you know, I was leaning too far back on my feet, which wrecked my posture, which wrecked my whole alignment, which, you know, threw everything out of whack. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was basically working from the ground up to kind of get that all back going. And then to kind of restructure my mental state to, you know, build some confidence in that shot is, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of work and a lot of frustration. <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought yeah, that up. It takes up, a while to get that back yeah confidence it takes a while yeah Yeah. and it still was i mean that's what that's what you saw breaking down you know it you know when i got into pressure situations at nationals you you saw bad habits coming back in and that's just the confidence going a little bit breaking a little bit and allowing you know bad habits to creep back in sure no I'm, i'm really glad you brought that up and like like john said it's hard it's hard to rebuild that confidence when you've lost it in say a big way and you know that you struggle. Um, and then I, I will say though, that the, the tournament format of nationals and the open is good for people who've gone through that or people who are like, I don't want to call them like late developers, but you shoot so many arrows throughout those few days. It's such good practice. The two qualifying rounds, if you're, if you're lucky enough to shoot the team rounds and the mixed rounds and that all helps you. So once you get to Mm -hmm. the open, it's like, you just had three days of practice. You know what I mean? Um, Sometimes that's not even enough, but it's, it's still, if you, you really had a, you know, three solid days to test and hone in all of that hard work that you, that you did all season long from that first call it performance or whatever, you know? So that's good stuff. All right. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that was a, I didn't know that was part of your journey this year. I think it's awesome. So shout out to you for that. Um, JD3. Oh yeah, it was, it, it got pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. That, well, you, you pulled through, man. That's all that matters. I, I assume, are you going to come to Lancaster in January? I don't know. It's going to be a trade-off between Lancaster and Vegas, and oh. I really like going to Vegas. So I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I haven't made a decision yet, but yeah. You're probably going to shoot Vegas. <laughs> probably. Just because there's, I've, there, there might be things coming around. So I'm hearing those rumors You're probably gonna, too. You're going to be <laughs> yeah. shooting Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't, that's a whole other show too. Um, but anyways, I'm, we know Marcus is shooting Vegas. Marcus, you going to make the trip to Lancaster this year? It's always the goal since, uh, Amy and I went the first time we went two years in a row. We absolutely love that shoot. Um, the problem is, is, you know, it's for us, usually the way the schedule works out is, you know, Lancaster, and then the following weekend, we go to Chula Vista and shoot indoor nationals. And then the following weekend is Vegas. In addition, at Vegas, we shoot our, um, our state uh, indoor championship. Okay. So we shoot like four major tournaments in three weeks. So basically all of indoor happens in a three-week time span for us. And now that they've moved uh, Lancaster closer to Vegas, it's, it's always a crapshoot as to whether or not we can – you know if it fits in the schedule if it fits in the budget all that jazz you know what i mean yeah those life responsibilities really get in the way of this fun stuff you know it i know i know um well let's let's get into some metal match or not metal match but some some of your open matches your head-to-head discussion 
John, I, I don't know if you're what you're doing there. If you're ready to to jump in, I got a I got a major headache. I'm trying to find my drink. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Well, that's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get with you because you know priorities, right? Um, like, I was fine until Frank started talking. Now I got a yeah, pound of headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Typical story. Um, well, what I wanted to do is run through your medal matches, bringing you up to that bronze medal match, who you shot against, how it went. That's all. But okay. Are you ready yeah, to do fine. that? Okay. All right. I just wanted to, yeah. I don't want to yeah, stress I'm, you out there. I'm popping man. pills, but it's, but it's headache, headache medicine. Yeah. <laughs> um, PEDs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Test me. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> dang it. Oh, that's a total mess you, tonight. You I are a hot mess. Look at this Horrible. guy. I'm getting dizzy Horrible. watching the video. Um, I'm gonna get so much negative yeah. feedback from that. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody cares. We don't. <laughs> oh, care. it's gonna be horrible. It's the, the first, the first, the first YouTube live. Um, yeah. But uh, who did All I, I face on? I think my first match. Um, uh, on from Texas. Uh, one of Joe's good buddies. Mm -hmm. Uh, he shot pretty good. He shot a, a few ends of twenty sixes. Um. He got a uh, he got a point or two off of me. That was a tough match for, you know, for one versus thirty-two. Um, much harder than it should have been. But um, I tend I tend to get a lot of people shooting really really good, like probably the best they they shot all weekend. Um, so those those are the matches I have to you know deal with, you know, pretty you regularly. Kind of used to you it. deserve it. Yeah, you know, well, I, I was looking back at the scores, and and on would have knocked you out like six nothing. <laughs> no, but it, you know, it, it was a good it was a good match with on. Um, who did I face? The uh, uh, Nolan, I think I faced the second match. Yeah. Uh, also, Nolan shot freaking good against me there too. He shot a bunch of twenty sixes. Might have shot a twenty seven or a twenty eight. He got twenty eight. 23, 28, 24, 27, 26. Yeah. I mean, a couple of real three strong ends there. For a, yeah, for a uh, one versus, you know, 16 or 17 match. Yeah. That was pretty uh, pretty strong. I mean, that that's the kind of match you'd expect to, you know, to get each get you into, like, the quarter or semifinals or quarterfinals. But uh, that, was a, that was a pretty good – that was a pretty good match with Nolan. Nolan, unfortunately, shot pretty good, but shot like if he shot any other match, it would have had a, a much more competitive match. Yeah. But I think he still pulled like two or three points off of me. It was wasn't an easy one. Um, Nolan gave me help in SoCal too, so I know he's a he's a strong shooter, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's he's scrappy. He's better than he was. At, he's better than he. <laughs> He's better than he was in SoCal too. He, uh, he just got the progression shot pretty like a, fast. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot like of a shooters. Six, Twenty something. There's a lot of yeah, shooters just got on the shooting. horizon that are doing the exact same thing, and I'm, I am super happy about it for sure because it shows how far Barebo has come in the last like four years. Um, but anyway, so quarterfinals, you you had our buddy, our 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 housemate. Yeah, Robbie Weston. I think he shot a bunch of twenty sixes that match. Um, in a row. Pretty good match. Um, yeah, he shot twenty sixes. I wasn't shooting a whole lot better. I think I was shooting twenty sevens. Um, yeah, you had been twenty nine you know, and twenty tight match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he took two points off you, but it wasn't. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's, he's right there. He's just but, a point or two away. You know, another. Another one, I you know, I, I shot against the on. He shot above average. I shot against Nolan. He shot above his average. I shot against Robbie. He shot again above his average. Then I shot against that. That will be nice. I shot against guy. Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that guy. And Chris, and Chris, and Chris, and Chris shot up. Chris shot up. I shot a bunch of twenty sixes, maybe a twenty seven. I closed it out with a thirty to tie, and just Chris was just pounding like twenty sevens. I think a couple, maybe a twenty eight here and there. Um, tight match. Uh, we went to one arrow shoot off, and mm -hmm. 
I was I was just mm-hmm. out of the nine, and he was just nine. <laughs> and that's the way. Almost in the same place. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then, so I guess ultimately, as we know, you know, Chris got the best of you for one arrow. It went to his favor. Um, then you ended up going against uh, Ricardo. The, the that, ageless wonder. The ageless wonder. <laughs> That's not the nickname I have for him, but I'll keep that one to myself. Oh. Um, no, I'm just playing. Um, so how'd the that match go at Rick? <laughs> he's he's if the inappropriate well. granddad. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, um well the so, match started out match started out great. <laughs> yeah, it did I busted out a 29. I'm like, yes. And we're like walking down, and Rick's like, "Hey, you shot the wrong target." I'm like, "Nice." <laughs> they uh, they told me a number. I heard a different number, and you know, to this day, I don't know if they told me the wrong number, and they think they told me the right number, or I just heard what I heard. Um, but uh, shot three great arrows, shot a twenty-nine. Uh, Rick shot three good arrows, shot a twenty-eight, and he ended up winning that one two nothing. <laughs> twenty-nine. On the wrong target turns into a MMM. <laughs> yeah, that was not but, the uh, it was brutal. not the uh, beginning any of us expected. Actually, all we were all sitting in a little group. Elton was on my right, left. Scott was calling arrows for me. I had uh, the live feed going, and we're like, "Oh man, John's hammer!" Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Wait, did Rick shoot the wrong target?" And then you came back, and we just saw the the look on your face and we're like no, I'm pretty, <laughs> judging by the way that he's looks right now it was john that shot the wrong like, no way oh my gosh what are they gonna do and there was like this big drawn out discussion and then before you know it you just hammered off bang 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 <laughs> yeah so i, don't know, I shot a, a couple what did i shoot a couple 29s 28s yeah, close it out with a 30. 27. I think I have a 26 in there. Chris, be happy you didn't go against them. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, I mean it was good. It was a uh (laughs) it was a six like a six eighty one pace um for against Rick. So that was like that was above above my pay grade shooting for the first time all weekend. <laughs> it was it was impressive to watch. I should have shot, shot the wrong target against oh. Chris. Maybe things will turn around quicker. <laughs> I like Chris too much to get pissed off. That's funny. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I mean, it, it is what it is. You meddled again in the open. Um, you know, yeah, that that gold has eluded you once again this year, but at least it wasn't my fault this time. So I'm good with it. I got a couple U.S. Open goals. I just, oh, I know you, you know, do. Head, I'm just saying, head, you know. Head-to-heads are, head-to-heads are, man, a lot of times they're just a coin flip. Yeah. Um, it's tough when you when you eliminate – when you break it down to three arrows at a time. Um, you can't stop anybody that gets hot. It doesn't matter if they're a 32 seed or a 16 seed or four seed or eight seed. It doesn't matter. You, you know, in Barabow – you know, when somebody gets hot, it, you know, a lot of times, like, you can get hot, just as hot at the same time, and, you know, yeah. it doesn't happen, you know, nearly as much as it does in, like, other classes where, um, you know, you have more aids and stuff to fall back on and, and stay more consistent. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, you can go down and shoot 999, which is a 27, which is, you know, a, a 648 pace, which is, like, fantastic shooting. Um, but if you shoot against someone that throws down a couple 29s, like there ain't nothing you can do. Like for the most part, you, you're going to lose that one every single time. Um, yeah. and it just, you, you just never know if that wild card is going to happen because we all have it in us. Um, it's just a matter of, of timing. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've mentioned it many times in the past, no matter what the tournament format is. Um, it's a little bit of a crap shoot and, you, unfortunately, being that guy that everybody honestly wants to beat, everybody tries has to up their game to shoot against you. So you're getting essentially better than most people are shooting, maybe even throughout the 144 hours of qualification. And, you know, it is what it is. It's just it's, it's, it's the name of the game. But 
That's also yeah. why that's the U.S. Get, Open and not the national championship. <laughs> I, I get their best, and and while they're shooting their best, I'm like, turn around, I'm like, where the frick did he come from? <laughs> <laughs> like every match. <laughs> Too funny. Oh, congrats once again, it's man. It's all a good fun. Yeah, it is. It is. It's definitely one it's of the more fun. fun tournaments of the year. If you, if you have anybody that's listening to this as we go through this podcast, if you haven't made it to this tournament, you got to get to this tournament. It's a good time. Um, and Barbo is literally all but taking over. Just saying. Um, Marcus, you, you, uh, you came in. USA Archer is going to have to fix some things because we're just. I was going to no, say, USA go Archer is going to have to fix some things because Barebow is, like, overtaking yeah, other you classes. You looked down that 50-meter line, and there was a lot of Barebows there. I, I think I think we do have to be at least yeah. be honest about the fact that there, there was, like, some other major competitions going on. I think that probably drew most of the compounds away from that. But, yeah, when you look at the sheer number of our four divisions combined and we're starting to eclipse other divisions – we're growing and and at a national tournament like that that's just amazing numbers you know yeah. what i mean like yeah the growth it's the best and, one to go to i really i think so. uh for outdoor stuff I outdoor think stuff it's, yeah it's, it's the one i won't miss yeah marcus why don't you uh let's let's dive into your into your matches and how things went for you uh the first one wasn't um I mean, that, it, it's one of those I'm lucky enough to, uh, I guess, not be John Demmer because people don't always bring the best against. So I was I was still warming up in my first match against Aaron Shea, um, and I was I was able to easily walk away with a 6-0 on that one, um, even though I gave probably some opportunities on a couple of arrows out there that, that didn't cost me too much. Mm -hmm. Um Going into the next round, I ran into uh, a, a usual suspect for me to run into. Um, those who haven't shot against Matthew Seidman, um, you know, he's he's in the Spider-Man. Yeah, he's up there in in uh, in Reno, in Nevada. So him and I, we cross paths quite a bit. Um, he looks forward to our matches just as much as I do because he's 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 been gunning for me for a while. Like he's 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 trying to take me down when it comes to uh any of our nevada state championships which i'm heading there this coming weekend to go shoot up in his territory um so hopefully i can still fend him off because i was able to hold him off at nationals um he gave me a run for my money it went you know seven and three still i wasn't shooting fantastic numbers i was shooting you know i'd shoot a 29 and i'd come back in like a 25 and then yeah. i'd shoot a 28 and i'd come back with a 22 or something yeah. stupid like that you know it was just one some some ground with him and he took advantage of it a couple of oh, times he did. so you know i'm looking at it yeah. i'm looking at it he, i mean I, and shout out to matthew Seidman and and his mom they uh high high desert archery i think is the name i was i did a seminar out there right nice people super supportive of barebow but, but matt you know he shot 21 20 26 28 23 so he's progressively you know he, he got a little bit better there and just just fell a little yeah. bit short. Yeah. He's gonna sooner or later. He's it's all gonna fall together for him, and he's gonna make things rough on a lot of people. scores. Yeah, no doubt. And he's he, you know you got you coming out there and, and showing him stuff. And um, he actually started. Um, uh, he learned from the same coach I learned Chris. from, Chris Hill. He Chris was Hill, taking yeah. some, some lessons. Yeah. Um, and you know he learned quite a bit from him and. And Chris is, he's an amazing recurve coach. Um, I learned a bunch from him. And then once I got to a level where it really became about barebow specific things, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's, you know, by then he had already introduced us to uh, my wife and I to John and, you know, he's, he's a, a re, an amazing resource of information. Sure. And, you know, I know Matthew's probably reached out to him too. And, you know, obviously the stuff that the variable projects putting out, the information's out there now. So, you know, there's yeah, no reason not to learn it. Yeah. Things um, have definitely changed. And I think we're seeing some of, I'd like to think that some of the positive changes because of that availability of information. Um, but 
you know, and you guys have been a part of that too. So, but anyways, it's not you, only just the availability, but you guys actually share it. That's yeah. the thing. Oh, like, yeah, you yeah. know, you know, it is what it is, but yeah. Anyway. Um, coming off Moving of that match, I ran into uh, Jarrett Kellen, you know, my boy that, you know, we've, we've partnered up on the team's matches for the last few years and we've, we've brought home some medals every now and then. So you, everybody knows he's a, he's a dangerous shooter. Oh, like he goes, sure. he, he can go hot and cold and, and, he he gave me a, a couple of scares on that one because again I still wasn't really I hadn't really fell into a groove yet really started shooting the numbers that I know I can um, or in practice or whatever so he took it easy on me and I was able to take a six and zero against him so um, I was I was surprised because I was really not doing what I should be doing you know yeah um, you figured it out after that yeah. I, after that, uh, Rick said that, uh, unfortunately I didn't cut him any slack. He's told me <laughs> that already. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause he, 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 uh, he gave me a run on a couple of them and, but I was able to, you know, finally get back into the 28s and I wasn't dropping into the low twenties as much. So it was, you know, I was able to hold off against him and, and, and knock him out and send him towards, uh, Sending toward towards John to, to deal with. Yeah, so you I was, I was all right with that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, and then, of course, everybody knows what happened after that. Me and Chris got to go shoot against each other. So yeah, and you guys put on a good show. You you definitely did. We tried. We tried. Yeah, it was good. It was real good. Mister Garcia, talk to us. How did your matches go? Yeah, it started off. I don't know. Pretty pretty okay i guess that well not great it was i felt like every match was kind of a battle and i did just enough to at the right time to make it through that's um, match. man i'm so terrible at names uh that's all right well, i'll give you i'll throw you a bone on the first one john cockrell um from alabama that's who you went up looks like you pulled a you know he's he's a new yeah big john he's yeah he's kind of new to the to the the war he's been around for like a little over a year whatever but i mean he what 21 21 and then 25 you know so you had you had a warm-up match of sorts uh against against john but um that was your that was your first match i can i can see that i, I have to pull up the one eighth round and see where you're at there Oh, if you remember their names there. Um, oh, man, I'm so bad with names. Yeah. He went against Matthew Reisman. Uh, yeah. Uh, Rising Phoenix. Yep. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and you took that one. Yeah, I feel like two. we kind of traded. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he, he pulled one. He pulled two it, points off you. One pulled, end. Yeah, yeah. But that that's that's where you started shooting a little bit more consistent, Chris. I mean, they weren't, you know, your 28s and 29s, but all your was, all your scores were like a 26 a 25 yeah. a 25 a 25 kind like of you stabilizing to, yeah, yeah you started to to gain speed where was that chris against me <laughs> I, you know it's that was it, all the matches were warm up tell you it was just, that's all that was <laughs> well i'll tell you you had one hell of a match going into quarters steven seymour and i don't know if you guys like i i shot a target next to steven uh throughout the two days um and even i think we actually mm -hmm. shared a bail that dude's a shooter he he is going to yeah yeah he's bringing it. in the next couple of years um you took that seven what was he what's that was he fifth was he fifth at target now he, i think he was so. on my bail i was yeah going at at uh after nationals i was ranked he was fifth. He I was, was able right to catch everybody me. on my bail for him. I caught. I came up really close through a goofy one, and he just kept going. And and he's a he's a he's a he's a. Yeah, I remember that second day. Know. He was creeping up, and he. I mean, he came pretty close to to passing me too. I'm not sure how close the score actually was, but. Yeah, um, he's yeah, a shooter. So making he's, moves. He's he's um he's just very disciplined, and you know he's. I don't think he has a lot of the head to head experience, but as he gets better with that, watch out. He's going to surprise some people. That match was um, 20. Well, you won seven, three. He shot 25, 26, 27, 25, 22. Just kind of ran out of steam. You shot 27, 26, 23. That was the one you gave up. 
27, 26. Mm-hmm. So you really did. You actually, you're progressively getting better as these matches are going, um, which worked into that, your that's favor. That's usually how it goes for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then it so came we got to catch you early and knock you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just needs to get the right opponent. Yeah, it's the first guy. The first we talk guy about it, though. This, <laughs> the head-to-head stuff, it's, it's, a, it's a little <laughs> bit of a crapshoot. It all got depends on who you face and when. You know what I mean? John, next year, next year, you, if he's in fur, you know, he's up there in the top, that means you got to drop the 32 <laughs> so and get him early. <laughs> you got to get him early. <laughs> How about we just it. hope Chris finishes way below? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you're at the semifinals and you come up against Demer. What's going through your head? How did it go in your, in your eyes? You know, I, I, Shooting with Demer is, you know, it's Demer. I know he's a hurdle, but it's, um, I don't think of it as trying to beat a person and just trying to shoot the best I can kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, even that match was the same thing. It was just, I, I did enough at the right time to earn points is really what it came down to. Right. I mean, I think a lot of those points I won were barely like a point maybe ahead of you. And, they're yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Even score wise, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, John shot 27, 24, 26, 24, and then finished with 30. You had 25 to his 27. You got 26, 29. So you got two back right in a row. Um, then you guys tied, and then you took that last one. So it was, it was a tight match. It was a tight match. Super entertaining to watch. Um, for sure and then you know you sent him packing to go shoot against ricardo and uh you managed you managed that gold medal match and so you two faced each other previously was it in the gold medal match for az cup was that you or was that yaka uh, no it was we were on yaka. the same bail during qualification yeah. okay and uh, i at the time i didn't know marcus and he put up i forget it was what like a six 13 or something like that. I can't remember exactly what you put that first round. And I was like, oh crap, I got to step it up here because this guy's pretty much the guy I got to keep up with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was good to have that push. Yeah. yeah. And he did in Arizona. Like I, I, I took, I beat him on the first round, but on the second round, uh, um, I was, I, I dropped probably a good 20 points on that second round in Arizona cup. And he did not, he, he lit it up and he, he ran with it for the rest of the weekend there. So he, he, he did it. He did it for sure. Yeah. He found it again, you know, here for, for the open. So uh, how, how and you both can chime in on this. Um, how was it up there in that U S open gold medal, you know, live on, multiple platforms like what tell people what it felt like what helped you what do you wish you could have done i mean just speak freely we all watched it we can go back and watch it anytime speak freely about the things that like really helped you and and the stuff that affected you what people should look out for stuff like that use your wisdom to help somebody else right now i wish that camera boom was on the right side of the field that would have worked out great. Ask, ask Demer about that conversation. <laughs> that, that, hey, that's come I, up I before. Picked the, I yeah. picked the platform I pick at Lancaster on purpose. <laughs> Once is, for one, it's to kick Dwayne off, but the other one is the boom's not right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm lucky, so I'm staring straight at it, as well as, you know, everybody in the stand, so... You yeah. know, it's hard to kind of block that stuff out and, you know, keep, you know, keep focused on what you're trying to do. I yeah. get to shoot with, with left, with, with a lefty a lot because Amy's left-handed and stuff. And I don't know, we usually, while we're shooting and just training, we're usually facing each other. So this was an odd one for me to have him behind me and I couldn't oh. see what was going on on his side of the field. So yeah. I'm not saying it was a distraction by any stretch of the imagination, but yeah. I do really try to pay attention to the environment. And it was, it was almost like I was kind of sectioned off and I wasn't able to get as much data from what was going on as I would like. Don't know if it was good or bad, but it just, I did notice that I was like, 
man, I don't, I wish you and I were facing each other because you as a left-handed shooter are used to of staring at a face of a, of a right-handed shooter. It doesn't bother me to look at a left-handed shooter. So it, it, I think it would have been a whole lot more fun had we been able to face Kept each other. Kept you a little more engaged kind of in yeah. the, in the yeah, match. I think yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you and I had a great time shooting at Arizona together. You know, it took us a little yeah. bit to figure out who each other were, but once we started shooting, it was like, oh, all right, right, this is cool. And we all were right. face to face though, too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were face to face the whole time. It's like, now, a, so. it's like a love story. In it, it, it is. Are we like on Tinder all of a sudden? What is barebow Tinder? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Everybody froze a little bit. Yeah, it's lagging for some reason. <laughs> Oh, maybe there's some there you are you're all back that was funny i i mean definitely it's like uh, i think a lot of people marcus probably have the opposite feeling of you because they're not used to shooting with someone in their face and it probably makes them like a little weird you know i i, I have a i mean the i mean we, we have a ton of lefties uh with my group Maggie's a lefty. My assistant coach too. is a lefty. There's a whole bunch. So we're constantly all in. And I have to admit, like it does, yep. it's kind of like nice to be able to sit there and have like a, it's almost like a supportive thing, you know, when you're shooting with somebody that you're used to and they're right there. But I could also see when you're on that platform and you're that far away from someone, you guys don't get to have that feed. You don't feed off of each other. Um, Cause we're all pretty supportive. So even if something doesn't happen, you know, um, I could see how that could, that could have an effect for sure. Um, how about like, you know, just the, the, is there anything you would have done different with the clock dealing with the clock dealing with, you know, um, maybe the emotions a little bit or just the stress of, did you feel urged? What were you saying to yourself? What were you doing to help you help you stay in, in the moment of every shot? Yeah, I had, um, I was rushing a lot of my shots and it wasn't really because of the clock. It was more nervous than clock. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, um, you know, it was a whole totally new environment, you know? So you, I went into it just trying to learn, trying to understand what I'm doing, what's, what's happening with me so that I can learn from it and, you know, be better, you know, next time I get there, you know, hopefully I get there again, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, what I was trying to get from it. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, for me, the, uh, it, the clock usually isn't an issue for me at all. Like, like I know what my rhythm is. I know what my shot sequence is. I know how long it takes me to do these things. Um, it wasn't like I felt pressure, but I did get distracted by the clock. I started to focus more on time, my timing instead of, what my shot process was that got me to the gold medal match. Sure. And a lot of people have asked me that since I got back from it, they've seen the video and everything. And it's like, I honestly, I don't think I was nervous about anything. I just got distracted by that clock. And I was more paying attention to the time than I was making sure that every part of my shot process is the way it's supposed yeah. to be to get the shot off. So yeah, you, know, you can call it whatever you want, but I, I say that to people uh, when I talk to people about that or in the head to heads and are, I get a lot of feedback. I coach as much, probably not quite as much as you do now because you're coaching seven days a week, but people say like, oh, I was in this metal match and I was so nervous. I'm like, tell them like you did all of all of the hard work is done. All you have to do is shoot a couple of arrows now. All of the yeah. hard work is done. All of those head to heads, all of the qualification arrows, all that stuff is done. Now just enjoy it. Enjoy every arrow. And just a shooter that I'm working with, it's in the Netherlands, was messaging me today. Same thing. And he actually shot well and ended up third. But, you know, he was just like, you know, I said, there's nothing to worry about now. All, you're in the medal match. It, the cards land where they are. It, it is what it is. And it's hard. I think it's, I think you guys have been in the situation and all of your practice and the USATs and, and all that stuff. And probably listening to us almost beat a dead horse about, you know, don't worry about it. Just, just go after it. It is what it is. But anyway, um, it's good stuff, man. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that you guys put on such a good show. It was, it was impressive to watch. Um, 
I don't want to hold up Demer too much anymore. He's got to go fishing. So, <laughs> but I, I, I just wanted to, wanted to say thank you for coming on and, and job well done. Um, John, you got anything else before you go hit the water again? No, just congratulations to Marcus and uh, Chris. They did, they did good. They, did they deserved good. it. For sure. And, Appreciate uh, you guys. Back at enjoy, you, enjoy, enjoy that because uh, it's it. It's never a given. You never know if it's going to happen again. Um, but, you know, enjoy it. Learn from it. And hopefully that gives you a better chance of getting there again. All right. Perfect. Well, you guys have a wonderful night. Everyone who probably I want a quick look at YouTube. Let me see how many viewers we have, John. We have five watching on, on YouTube. Are right we at four? We got, we got past four. We how got many? to five and we think we got to six at one point in time. Woo! So we got to build up <laughs> oh, that YouTube now. We got, we got, uh, we got to build up YouTube viewers. Let's go people. All right. You guys have a wonderful Dude. night. I'm a little jealous of that blue sky behind We're you. Just there, Chris. What's that, John? We're just uh, below one, Joe Rogan. One more We're view for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're just below Joe Rogan's podcast number. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just a little bit. Eat your heart out, Matt Zernzak. <laughs> We're right below Joe Rogan. All right. You guys have a wonderful night. We'll talk to you later. You do the same. All right. Peace. See you. Yeah, you See too, ya. Frank. Yep, See you yeah. guys. Peace.